What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys. That is Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Sapi PFN. And that is Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. Gentlemen, how are we doing here on this fine Tuesday morning? Doing good. Got some energy. We're upbeat here. We're heading into week four. You know, this fantasy season's like 20% over, or at least the regular season. This is crazy. It's flying by, but I'm enjoying it. And I think we're hitting our stride. This is when you start building these monster teams that take over at the end of the year because now you have data to work with. You have decisions to make. Let's let's do the darn thing. Let's do it. Came pretty close to going nine and zero yesterday. Did not happen though. Mm. Seven and two. Seven and two. Had, uh, T Higgins completely blew it for me. So, but we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Still sitting pretty with a winning record in, in the majority of my league. So, um, doing pretty good heading into week four. All right, let's get into it here. Before we do though, I wanted to have some fun here on Tuesday. Here, I wanted to ask Derek. You and I have both have young kids. Sapi, you do not have kids, so I wanted to ask this question here. And Sapi, you don't watch movies, so I thought that this would no. trip you up a little bit here. <laughs> what is the best Disney slash Pixar movie, Derek? I will start with you. This one sits a little bit near and dear to my heart. I really wrestled between Tour Story and Moana, but I actually really enjoyed Moana. It was fantastic. I thought the music was really good. The story was fantastic. And I'm a big fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he killed it for Maui. So... Yeah, I gotta say, it's it's Moana for me. I went to put Moana on the TV uh, last night for my kids. We were gonna do a little movie uh, picnic during dinner, and my son, oldest was like, "No, I don't want Moana." And I was like, "Well, okay, fine. Guess we'll watch something else." Soppy, what is the best Disney slash Pixar movie? See, the problem here is that I don't have really a, a repertoire to go through here. I don't have a Rolodex like you guys do, so my my viewing options are a little limited. I did work for Disney for a long time. So at least I, you know, by osmosis caught some of these movies, not really going out of my way. So I think I've got like three or four to choose from. I liked Iron Man. I, I just liked what that brought to the table. Exciting, sarcasm. Like I, I liked a little bit. I can't give you a full movie detail because I'm not a movie guy. I have nothing really to compare it to. <laughs> I did enjoy Iron Man. That was a good two hours of my day when I saw it, whenever that was storylines all that stuff kind of goes over my head but it was entertaining at the very least is that the only avengers movie that you have seen is iron man what at one time or another we saw i like i worked with matthew and he was in one of them so i saw that but i kind of saw them all jumbled up and out of order and i to ask me to go through everything like my wife is very into them and saw them in order and like i'm catching them here and there i'm catching strays it's like oh yeah that guy's from that that thing and he was in a different world and he was he was flying one day and so like i i kind of piece it together but to say that i have a a firm grasp on the timeline would be overshooting oh a timeline he worked it in there he worked in the timeline reference he doesn't even know that he did that uh loki season two coming out here on disney plus here very soon i'm a big avengers fan so i like the call there uh for me inside out inside out was incredibly underrated incredibly just a, a incredible movie. I have my wife makes fun of me every time that we watch it for saying that it is brilliant because it is. And she just points out like, as she knows exactly when I'm going to say it every time that we watch it, like this is brilliant. The way that they work in some of these themes and all that sort of stuff inside out. Absolutely incredible. Love that movie. Okay. Let's get into some football talk here. Let's talk some rest of season risers and fallers. Sapi, I will start here with you. Who is a player that has risen up the rest of season rankings for you after three weeks? I mean, just by default, I think it's Alvin Kamara. Like, he's served his suspension. Everything's in line. He's set to return this week. And Jamal Williams is on IR. We were worried about Jamal Williams taking away 
the touchdown looks, not a worry for the next three weeks. We were worried about maybe some of the past games, some things of that nature. Derek Carr's now hurt. So this offense should run through Kamara. Jameis Winston under center for foreseeable or likely this week, if not a couple weeks down the road here. I don't know if that's perfect. He likes to throw the ball deep. Obviously, that's not where Kamara roams, but I, he's moving up simply because he's going to be playing. He's got touchdown upside, and I still trust the Saints offense more than most. So Evan Kamara, I think he, he comes back and he's right in the fantasy lineups for me. We were concerned about Alvin Kamara coming into the year. Obviously, the suspension played a big role in that. But now that we have so many of these injuries to the top running backs, it's yeah. like, give me Alvin Kamara. Please just give me Alvin Kamara into my starting lineups. I absolutely love the call there. Derek, who is a rest of the season riser for you? Speaking of trust, who do you trust right now more as at the wide receiver position? Maybe two names, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. And then for me, it's Keenan Allen. Yeah. And with Mike Williams now out for the season, yeah, we'll see an expanded role for Joshua Palmer. Maybe Quentin Johnson gets involved. But until we see Austin Eckler back on the football field, and even when we do, we're still going to see 10-plus targets on a weekly basis, book it for Keenan Allen. So to me, he's, a, he's moved into the, my top five on a weekly basis in PPR formats. I, I, I don't see any hesitation with ranking him that aggressively on a weekly basis. I know it, it, maybe he's not going to see 20 targets every week <laughs> for 18 receptions, but I see somewhere between 10 to, to 13, 14 on a weekly basis. And for me in this offense with that quarterback, that's, that's a top five ceiling for me every week. It was crazy. Like you're watching, we're watching all the games on Sunday. And obviously in that, in that one o'clock slate, like there's just so much going on at one time that it's kind of difficult to keep up with everything, but you could just see like, man, that another Keenan Allen catch, another Keenan Allen catch, man, he's, he's racking up the production here today. And then you sit back and you look at the box scores and you're like 20 freaking targets for 18 receptions, 215 yards and the passing touchdown. Hello. Absolutely insane here for Keenan Allen. Soppy, I had to give you some props here. You know how much I hate doing that, but I had to give you some props <laughs> in Slack the other day for making the Keenan Allen call. Absolutely love the call there as well. As well. Soppy, let's go to rest of the season faller, who is someone that has taken a tumble down the rest of the season rankings. And to me, this is nothing new from what we've seen over the last few weeks, but it's a sunken cost. Like Justin Fields for me right now, and I'm sorry about your Chicago Bears, but when you invest in a player at a onesie position, quarterback or tight end, and you expect him to start, you are penciling him in and then drafting accordingly. You're not drafting a backup quarterback, and if you are, it's a late flyer that you're not too concerned about. You're like, oh, yeah, he can fill in a bye week, maybe a tough matchup here and there. You drafted Justin Fields as your weekly starter. We saw the upside last week, and we thought, yeah, the passing, take it or leave it, but the rushing won't go anywhere. The rushing is here to stay. It will elevate his floor to the point where he's a weekly starter. I'm here to tell you he's not a weekly starter. Under 100 passing yards last week, he began running the ball a little bit more. Some more designed runs, 11 carries, but only 47 yards. No touchdown, no real big gains on the ground. He doesn't need to be locked into starting fantasy lineups anymore, and I don't think that's going to change. He's not going to get happier with this franchise. So to me, it's Justin Fields, and it's more me like having a month, having three weeks to get this out of my system and see it and act on it. Like I'm as stubborn as anybody and I'm willing to downgrade Justin Fields. Uh, the big question that I have seen so far this week is should you cut Justin Fields? 
Like in a one quarterback league, is he still worth holding on to? Because fantasy managers saw this last year. We saw that they tried to make him something that he wasn't. The production wasn't there. And then we saw him go absolutely insane over the latter half of last year. Fantasy managers are so concerned about letting him go to the waiver wire. And then the minute that they do that, we've played fantasy yeah. football long enough. The minute that we do that, we let a player go. We know that they're going to turn around and start to perform the way that we expected. Soppy, can fantasy managers cut Justin Fields in their one QB formats? I'm not going there yet. I mean, the the athletic profile still is there. There's a potential get-right spot this week against the Broncos. So even if you're thinking about doing that, to me, you have to wait at least another week. But who are you picking up for him? Are you telling me you're that confident in Russell Wilson or somebody right. like that, that you're just going to plug him in and say, yep, he's giving me the next three months and I feel good? There's not. That option isn't on the waiver wire. If for some reason, Anthony Richardson or Kirk Cousins or somebody like that was surfing around the waiver wire, it'd be a different conversation. But I don't think there's people available that you can start on a weekly basis so no you're not dropping them you have to hold them I don't mind benching them though I'm against holding two quarterbacks in most situations this is an exception Derek let's send Jordan go ahead I was gonna say what about Jordan Love what if Jordan Love's on the waiver wire you can pencil him in but I wouldn't I'm not comfortable going with Jordan Love as my only quarterback and cutting the upside of field so I'm fine with picking him up and starting him over field this week I'll have it ranked that way but I'm not cutting fields because I'm not I don't have the utmost confidence that love is coming in and giving me every single week production, even though he has up to this point. All right, Derek, let's send it over to you. A rest of season faller in the rankings. Yeah, I'm going to stay with that green Bay Packers offense. And with Aaron Jones out of the lineup, the last two weeks, we expected an expanded role for AJ Dillon and the production just hasn't been there. I mean, we've seen 26 carries. He's produced just 88 yards no scores, and over the last two weeks, just one reception for eight yards. He's been Josh Kelly. <laughs> Essentially. And while I don't think A.J. Dillon is just a guy, his numbers and production so far in 2023 scream that he is just a low-ceiling, you know, volume play at the moment while Aaron Jones is out of the lineup. Once Aaron Jones gets back, I think that A.J. Dillon falls outside of the top 40, 45 at the running back position on a weekly basis. I mean, we just haven't seen enough. And it's weird because I really was optimistic about A.J. Dillon, you know, potentially seeing his role expand in 2023. We've seen it so far, and the results have not been very favorable. So he's he's a faller on at the running back position for me. All right, let's move into some running back trade targets here, fellas. Let's talk some players that we want to uh, acquire or trade away at the running back position here. Sampi, I will start here with you. Who is your number one running back to buy? I went back and forth on this between Josh Jacobs and Alexander Madison. I'm going to go Madison here. Jacobs still a good trade target for me, but I don't think fantasy managers are quite as willing to part with him given the draft capital they spent. So we're going to go Madison here. I think feelings about Cam Akers are overblown. Yates, you touched it on it last week and that, they basically gave up a sixth, like a one round difference and a future draft. Like they're the investment in acres is so little that I don't get how you can just assume that he's going to come in and take 35% of the touches. You're talking in a role over 80% of the running back touches for Madison in this explosive Vikings offense up to this point. And the Vikings peak or they're set to peak at the perfect time during the fantasy season over the final month of the season, Vegas Bengals, Packers and the Lions twice 
I don't want to say it's a league winning potential, but if Madison holds on a role like this, it very well could be. And I don't think Akers is taking away this role unless Madison gives it to him. Don't think that's the case. Alexander Madison, a good buy right now as people panic. It's crazy. Like people just were completely ready to move off of Alexander Madison in the first, yeah. after the first two weeks of the season. We talked about this last week on the, on the trade targets podcast. You mentioned Alexander Madison as a buy then. Now, he has finished, out of two of the three weeks, he has finished as a top 20 running back for fantasy football. He had an absolute dud in week two, but that was up against the Philadelphia Eagles run defense where the Vikings were playing with a makeshift offensive line. They were like, you know what? It's not smart to try to even run on this front. So, no involvement there. The, the trade for Cam Akers made people panic, and we told you, start Alexander Madison confidently yep. this past week up against the Los Angeles Chargers, an RB10 finish on the week here for Madison. So I love the call going after Alexander Madison. You're probably going to have to pay a little bit more, obviously, than what you did last week. But there still is a buy window where people are concerned about Cam Akers. I don't think that they should be. Derek, let's send it over to you. Your number one running back to buy. Yeah, speaking of buy windows, right now I'm taking a look at potentially some running backs that could be returning. But, you know, in redraft formats, it's a what have you done for me lately type of approach. Aaron Jones. Like we just saw, and I was just speaking about, A.J. Dillon has done pretty much nothing with his opportunity for an expanded role in this offense. So to me, once Aaron Jones gets back, he's going to be the lead guy in this backfield. Sure, he's still going to split work, but he's still a highly efficient player. We saw that in week number one against the Chicago Bears. I don't know on a short week, I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to be able to get on the field in week four against the Detroit Lions, but even if he misses one more week, I got to feel confident that this offense that's been productive without Aaron Jones and without Christian Watson for the entirety of the 2023 season, I got to feel like once they get back up to full power, that this offense is going to be a, a fringe top 10 unit. And Aaron Jones is going to be a, a big beneficiary of that as we already saw in week number one with a running back one overall finish. We'll monitor the practice reports as we move throughout the rest of this week here, but Aaron Jones was a game time decision this past week. Looks like he might be close to returning here on Thursday night. That's obviously a little bit of a wrinkle here where we don't know it's on a shorter week. We don't know if he's going to be back here, but week four, Detroit, week five, Las Vegas, then you have the bye week. Those are two matchups. If Aaron Jones does return that you are looking at ranking Aaron Jones as a top 12 running back for fantasy. So Derek, I will ask you this rest of season, Aaron Jones or Jameer Gibbs. Oh, Aaron Jones. Would you go Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara for the rest of the season? I'm still a little nervous about Jamal Williams and Kendry Miller. And I, I, say what you want. We don't know how much time Derek Carr is going to miss. And Jameis Winston, who knows what the offense is, how productive they're going to be um, with him under center. So I'd, I'd actually probably lean the other way. Uh, away with Aaron Jones. All right, let's go to number one running back to sell here. Sampi, I will start with you. Just because it's obvious doesn't mean it's wrong. I don't know how you don't try to cash in this Raheem Mostert chip after whatever it was that we saw last week with the 70 points for the Dolphins. There's got to be sell high. There's got to be somebody in your league willing to buy Raheem Mostert as a top five running back. He's been top two in consecutive weeks, and the only reason he wasn't number one last week was because his teammate had four touchdowns as well. To me, you're looking at a 31-year-old running back that's had 140 carries in a season once in his career and it was last year. So you're banking on consecutive healthy seasons from an aging running back that really has been fragile over the course of time in an offense that wants to throw the ball. 
Moster is explosive. He has the big play upside, and this offense is going to put him in position to be successful. I get all of that. It's an easy sales job. You, I'm not saying you have to sell him as a top 20 guy. I'm saying sell him as a top 10, top 5 guy that people might believe he is right now. And I just don't think that's where he stands the rest of the season. All right. So it's crazy to see the obviously you touched on the production for Raheem Mostert, where he is in fantasy rankings right now. RB32 in my rest of season rankings at the running back position. Like that is a yeah. vast difference and gap here in value and what he's doing versus what I expect to be the case over the course of the entire season. I don't know where you guys have Raheem Mostert in your rest of the season rankings, but that's a big gap. And so this is a, a situation where you do have Devon A. Chain starting to make a, a role and carve out a role in this offense. How can you not give him more opportunities after what he just did this past week? Jeff Wilson coming off of IR here soon. Savon Ahmed also hanging around here when he gets back from his injury. This is going to be a crowded offense. Raheem Mostert might have a cap of 10 carries each game here moving forward. Now, Raheem Mostert, Sampi, Raheem Mostert, or Brian Robinson the rest of the season? Would you make that trade for Brian Robinson coming off of a down week? You're good. I got Robinson at 17 in my running back rankings the rest of the way, and I have Mostert at 19. So I would go Robinson there just to safety in his role. I don't think Antonio Gibson's coming for this role anytime soon. Lost another fumble. He just is, I don't want to say he's falling apart at the seams because, you know, he's Seems like a nice guy and all that good stuff. But Robinson is the guy in Washington. And like you said, we don't know what Mostert's going to be. He could be. But to me, I'm ranking for the mean outcome here. I'm ranking to the most, what's most likely to happen or what's, you know, you have to take into consideration all aspects here. Jeff Wilson coming back soon. Like you said, the rookie is there. To me, I don't know how you can, I go Robinson. It's close. They're both running back twos for me, but I do go Robinson over Mostert. You can get way more in a trade package, right. though. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's go way up the running back rest of the season rankings. Would you go? Would you make a trade, Raheem Mostert, for Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry having some down performances here to start the year. That's a trade that I think easily gets done. It's just a matter of do you believe that Derrick Henry will bounce back? I'll have Henry ranked higher the rest of the season, but that's not to say there aren't red flags there. If I'm selling high on Mostert, yes, technically I'm fine with doing it, by way of Henry, but I think you can do better. I think you can do somebody that gives you more confidence with a higher ceiling. Like, I don't know what Henry's scoring ceiling is in an offense that can't move the ball right now. All right. If you want to make a trade involving Raheem Mostert, we do have a free trade analyzer that you can plug this into and see what you can get in your league. This is an absolutely free tool. It's awesome to use. Make sure to go check that out. The link for that is here in your podcast or YouTube show description. Derek, let's send it over to you. Your number one running back to sell. Are we believers in the Arizona Cardinals? No, no. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Look, and I'm, I'm not asking that question and I'm not being sarcastic or anything like that because in two consecutive weeks, they have had a, in fact, I think they've had a fourth quarter lead in every single contest so far to start the NFL season. And we're talking against the commanders, the giants and the Cowboys. Two of those three teams made the playoffs last year. So, James Conner, who right now is a top 10 fantasy back in PPR formats and has seen a minimum of 14 carries each week. He has scored two touchdowns on the season. But it's still Joshua Dobbs under center. It's the Arizona offense. And you pair that with the Arizona defense that a lot of people don't trust. But I got to tip my hat to head coach Jonathan Gannon yeah. because he's had this team out there. They have been competitive every single week of the NFL season. And really they could, you could make a case. They could be two and one pretty easily if they didn't have a collapse against the New York giants on the defensive side of the football in the second half. So 
James Conner has been effective, efficient, but do we continue to see that being the case? I'm not sure that I do. Connor's a great player. I just don't feel like he's a top 10 guy the rest of the season, and yet you've gotten top 10 production so far. So I'd like to sell high and get out of that offense before I feel like the floor falls on. Well, these are two running backs that you guys mentioned, Raheem Mostert and James Conner, that we do have a large sample size of these guys getting banged up as the season progresses, right? These are two guys that are great when they're on the field, but durability is a concern. So obviously, as they're now more veteran running backs as well, that isn't going to suddenly change where they're now more durable players the older that they get. So James Conner, an interesting name to bring forward, though, because he is getting the volume. Like the volume is there, but this is a situation where you could potentially ship him off and rid yourself of those durability concerns. Would you rather have James Conner or Miles Sanders the rest of the way? I mean, they're both on kind of offenses that I don't really trust. So it's It's kind of similar and Connor is playing better. (laughs) So I'd actually right now probably stick with Connor. Would you go James Connor or Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor eligible to come off of IR after week four. I'd go with Jonathan Taylor. I'd rather take the, I'd rather try to swing for the fences um, with him returning and seeing what Zach Moss has done. I mean, Zach Moss has seen 54 touches over the last two weeks. That's insane. 27 touches a game. And he's been productive. If Moss can be productive, so can Jonathan Taylor. All right, let's move into some wide receiver trade targets here. Fellas, Sampi, I will throw it to you. Number one wide receiver to buy. I think you have to, like, we we were joking earlier about the, the Jags here. I think you have to buy Calvin Ridley right now. After that first, he scored 41% of his points this season on that second drive that we all we were tweeting about, we were posting highlights. We all said, Calvin Ridley, he's back. He's a top five guy. He isn't that. I mean, he was never going to be, but this Jags offense is going to get rolling. They're going to look better than they have up to this point. Consecutive down games. Use it as an excuse to buy all the, all the things we loved about him a few weeks ago are still true. The athletic profile, the upside that comes with Trevor Lawrence, the upside that we think this offense is capable of, you know, week three aside, but I think, Better days are ahead for the Jags. And based on we saw Kelvin Ridley do it in week one. Why can't he get back to that sooner rather than later? I think there's a nice little buying window here. I'm not sure how long it stays open. Could have a big week four. Ridley, to me, a good buy option going into week four. Hey, I found another revenge game. Uh, we talked about it on the waiver wire. I found another revenge, revenge game games. here. Calvin yeah. Ridley up against the Atlanta Falcons here in week four. Obviously a wide receiver six uh, finish in half PPR scoring formats in week one. Then wide receiver 77 and wide receiver 66. And yet at the same time, Calvin Ridley remains a top 10 wide receiver rest of season for me. If you can go get Calvin Ridley right now in your league for a lot cheaper, I would absolutely do that. Derek, let's send it over to you. Your number one wide receiver to buy. Give me Smitty. Devontae Smith, it seems as if the weekly merry-go-round of the Philadelphia Eagles pass catcher that gets phased out for a game, it feels like it landed on Devontae Smith in week three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, still think he is a very capable, explosive talent. I expect that he'll probably be a bigger focal point of the passing attack heading into their matchup against the Commanders in week number four. Down week, but I'm still a huge believer in Devontae Smith. The only thing that actually makes me a little hesitant about you know acquiring any of the Philadelphia Eagles... DeAndre Swift. Just, I, well, well, DeAndre Swift, but... I've also just been a little bit underwhelmed by the efficiency through the air by Jalen Hurts. He just hasn't been quite as sharp as I expected uh, after a breakout season last year. 
uh, watching the game last night, I had the thought someone needs to factory reset Jalen Hurts as a passer. Like something's going on here that's just not uh, calibrated right. We need to reset that a little bit. I do agree there. Uh, Derek, I will ask you, Mike Evans, would you trade Mike Evans for Devontae Smith in fantasy football? I would. I still am a believer a bit more in this Philadelphia offense getting right than what I've seen through the first couple of weeks. Um, it's been a nice start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Mike Evans for sure, but I'm still a little bit, a little bit higher on Smitty for the rest of the season. Let's go Michael Pittman Jr. Who has yet to see less than 10 targets, less than 11 targets in any game so far this season. Would you go Michael Pittman Jr. Trading him for Devonte Smith? I don't like that. You put me in this position <laughs> because I can feel like I'm going to, I'm going to catch heat for this. I've got, Michael Pittman as like a top a fringe top 12 guy moving forward. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but is it crazy to say that he's like quarterback proof? He's doing it with Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew under center. I, he's been phenomenal this year. I think he actually has a higher weekly floor. The ceiling isn't quite as high, but the floor is there. I think I'd rather have Pittman. I can't believe I'm saying that. That No, it makes sense. I mean, 10 targets for Devontae Smith in week one, then five, then five over the first three weeks of the year. The talent level for Devontae Smith means that we should still be viewing him as a top 15 guy. But Michael Pittman Jr. is an incredibly talented wide receiver as well. And he's getting 11, 12, 11 targets so far this season. It, it's, close, it's a closer conversation than I think a lot of people realize right now. Let's turn it over to wide receivers to sell. Soppy, where are we going? Derek, you talked about wanting to get on the merry-go-round at the right time. I want to get off of it at the right time here in freaking San Francisco. I've, th you can just copy-paste this segment because it's going to be a 49er in some form or fashion every single week. Debo Samuel, for me, this week is a guy I'm selling after consecutive big games. He had, the one, he had a big game last, uh, two weeks ago, week two, with a rushing touchdown. Then he had a big week three without Brandon Ayuk. Once this whole thing is healthy and all put together, we saw George Kittle starting to do it. Christian McCaffrey is inevitable. He's just going to do it every week. The upside of this offense is great, but it's going to be spread around. Much like in Philadelphia, the argument that you make with Smith falling through the cracks last week is one that I think Debo is going to fall into inevitably three, four, five times the rest of the season. And to me, that's not a wide receiver two that I want to buy. And after two big weeks, it's a good selling point. I don't know if he's going to put together consecutive big weeks again this season. And listen, as good as he was, still a 50% catch rate in week three from Brock Purdy. We haven't seen the connection as a receiver be as efficient as I think it needs to be in a low-volume offense. I'm selling Devo Samuel again. I'm, I'm sorry if you did it last week. It didn't work. I think it does moving forward. You're playing the long game. Sabi's just out here dropping mcu references left and right with uh i am now? inevitable and timeline he's getting it right here uh let's go you know we, you talked about debo samuel you talked about calvin ridley as a buy low would you trade debo samuel for calvin ridley in your fantasy football league right now i would and i think it's available there for you given the trajectory of both over the last two games you're capitalizing on short-term memory that these that a lot of people have in life and in fantasy <laughs> uh derek let's send it over to you number one wide receiver to sell it's the kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, thielen, Adam Thielen, the Carolina Panthers wide receiver, wide receiver one there, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, after week three's performance, 14 targets, 11 receptions, 145 yards, and a tutty, it's hard to argue that Thielen is the top isn't the top dog in that uh, in that offense, but I don't see them throwing the ball 58 times a game with Andy Dalton under center. And you know Bryce Young is eventually going to be back. He's going to have to continue to 
acclimate himself to the National Football League with a group of pass catchers that struggle to create separation consistently. And that includes Adam Thielen. So while it was a fantastic day at the office and the 33-year-olds can still ball out from time to time, I don't expect this to continue. He's had two really good weeks back-to-back. I think it's a it's a great window to go ahead and try to sell him as like a top 20 wide receiver when in actuality he's probably more top 30, top 35 the rest of the season. Yeah, I think just name name recognition for Adam Thielen, I just don't know if you're going to be able to push into that top 24 territory yeah. just based on even what he did here this past week. So I guess the question that I had for you, Derek, is Adam Thielen for Deontay Johnson. Would you make that trade where we see Deontay Johnson probably sideline for the next two weeks off the top of my head where I think that he'll be eligible to return off of IR? Would you make that trade where you know that you're going to have to wait for Deontay Johnson, but the upside is probably more than Adam Thielen over the course of the season, who also Adam Thielen has durability concerns? Yeah, I will probably hold Thielen in that scenario. I, I do like Deontay Johnson. I'm just not as high on Kenny Pickett. Uh, as I would have liked to have been through the first three weeks of the season. So I, I'm probably going to hold Thielen in that situation because Deontay Johnson's hurt. If they're both healthy, then yes. But since we don't know how many weeks it's this hamstring injury is going to cost Deontay Johnson, I'll go ahead and go with what I already have in hand, which is a wide receiver three. All right, last follow-up question here for Adam Thielen. Will you trade Adam Thielen for Garrett Wilson? Fantasy managers that drafted Garrett Wilson are going to be so frustrated that they're not getting the production that they wanted. Right. I think there is a possibility that New York is finally like, you know what? We're done with this. Let's go sign a Carson Wentz or someone right. on the free agent waiver wire. Uh, they bring back Phillip Rivers at this point. Who knows what they're going to do? But would you make that trade going Adam Thielen for Garrett Wilson? I would. I would. And for the reason you just mentioned. I think that the best quarterback on the Jets roster is not wearing a Jets uniform right now. So, because I do think that they're going to make some sort of move to try to bring someone in house uh, to basically push Zach Wilson out the door and cast him away permanently away from a starting gig. All right, let's move into quarterback and tight end trade targets here. Sapi, I will start with you. Who is the number one quarterback to buy? Going to get to the quarterback in a second here. Shameless plug for the week four cheat sheet banger of an Adam Thielen stat going to be in that one. So check it out if you want Adam Thielen goodness. Who doesn't want Adam Thielen goodness? <laughs> for a quarterback I'm trading for right now, Anthony Richardson. We we fell in love with him, and then he missed a game, and Gardner Minshew pulled off an upset win. And everybody loves Minshew now. It's Minshew mania all over again. I think people are forgetting just what we saw in Anthony Richardson. It wasn't that long ago, and he might sit out again this week. Use that as leverage. Sure. The man is as good as they come. From a physical profile that we've ever seen enter the game, we've seen it now. We've seen it at the professional level. It's what we waited all summer for. He didn't give it to us in the summer. He waited till week one and two, or you know, two drives of week two to give it to us. Why can't he be 2022 Justin Fields? With a, he's 2022 Justin Fields with an actual wide receiver one. Right. You mentioned Michael Pittman earlier. That adds to the floor, adds to the upside, adds to everything. He's gonna come back healthy. I think right now is your last chance to invest and get you some shares of the Anthony Richardson stock before they go back through the roof because the dude can't be stopped. I don't know how you stop him. How do you defend him? If you force him to run, he's going to run the ball down your throat because he's huge. He's Cam Newton. And if you force him to pass it, you've got Michael Pittman in this short passing game. We saw him take the screen pass 40 yards to the house in week one. There's no reason this offense can't function as a high-powered high powered might be the wrong word, but is a potent, <laughs> consistent 
Colts offense with Anthony Richardson at the helm, producing fantasy numbers left and right. Anthony Richardson is 2022 Justin Fields with good coaching, uh, with yeah. a good offensive line uh, and I'm good playmakers. So yeah. really the, the comparison kind of fell apart on you there really quickly. But Anthony Richardson, I definitely agree with. If you can get him right now in your league, go do it right now. Derek, who is your number one quarterback to buy? So collectively, there was a lot of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence love amongst the three of us. Let's just go ahead. Let's go yeah. ahead and get the cat out of the bag, you know, pull the receipt, you know, CBS length and, you know, say, yeah, we were, we were both a little high on both of those guys. So of the two, though, one, I'm scared I'm very concerned about. You can't say that word on the. Uh, you can't say that word on the podcast. <laughs> what the concerned word? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My apologies. But with when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, I'm a bit more optimistic. I do believe better days are ahead. I, I mean, Calvin Ridley struggled with drops in Week Three. We also saw that Zay Jones was out of the lineup. Not to say that he's a world beater, but you know he is certainly a reliable, consistent cog in this passing attack um, over the last you know season and a half. So what I what I want to go ahead and try to buy is buy the dip on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, right now he's the quarterback twenty right now, I believe in fantasy formats. I don't think it stays that way. I do think better days are ahead for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville offense. Uh, I've seen a lot more encouraging signs despite the production not being there from Lawrence and I've seen from Fields. So if I want to take advantage of a buy low on one of those two guys, it would be Trevor Lawrence for me. All right, let's move into tight end to buy here. Safi, I will send it back to you. Who is the number one tight end that you're looking to acquire? I think it's Jake Ferguson. We get all this hype about how rookie tight ends are destined to fail. And, you know, that that's proven true over the course of time. But every rule has an exception. And Ferguson's kind of lining up as much. I don't trust the Dallas pass game in a big way. But they have a gaping hole at number two. I don't think Cooks is going to be there. Gallup, off and on. Who is the number two in this offense that's going to be stable? Like, Tony Pollard's going to put this team in position to succeed, even if I don't buy Dak. And so it's been Jake Ferguson. Seven targets or a touchdown in all three games to start his career. He's getting consistent volume. They're high percentage looks. He's not going to take the top off of a coverage for a 50-yard touchdown or anything like that. He's not going to crack the top five at the position. But the volume, the volume is enough to keep him inside my top 12 on a consistent basis. And I don't think you have to pay that. I don't think people are assuming that this is the real deal. I know Derek loves him, some Luke Musgrave. Same, similar idea there. You can buy either one of these rookie tight ends, slot them in, you don't necessarily have to stream the rest of the way and you can build up your roster elsewhere. They are good enough. They're band-aids that will stay attached to the fantasy body throughout the season. Sampi, would you trade Kyle Pitts for Jake Ferguson right now? I would. I mean, I have him ranked back to back season, the rest of the season, 11 and 12. So, I mean, yeah, we saw Pitts lead the lead the Falcons in receiving production last week. It is what it is. I'm not sure that leading that team in receiving numbers is really that more, much more advantageous than being the second option in Dallas. Right. So I would make that move. And again, because of name value, I think you probably get more coming back. If you're offering pits, you get Ferguson plus. All right, Derek, let's send it over to you. Number one, tight end to buy. You know, if I, if I'm trying to bring up a rookie tight end, uh, as far as a guy to go ahead and buy, it's actually I mean, Luke Musgrave is Before on my that, list. He's high yeah. for me. He's higher than Jake Ferguson. But it's Sam La 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 Laporta. Sam Laporta has looked the part yeah, sure. of 
a tank when he gets the ball in his hands. He's a he's actually way twitchier as a route runner. And I thought this thought this for him coming out of Iowa. He is a plus level pass catching uh, tight end uh, or option at the tight end position. But it, it's more so what he does after the catch that is so exciting, and his ability to be able to make catches in in in, in traffic and tight spots is also something that I really liked. We pretty much saw a little bit of all of that in his week three perform breakout performance. Uh, Laporta is somebody that, yeah, you're maybe you're buying high, but I, I don't think it's an aberration uh, or an outlier performance from Sam Laporta. I do think he is going to be a consistent cog in this passing attack for the Detroit Lions in particular, while Amon Ross St. Brown is battling his way through a toe injury. I don't know if he's 100% and 100% right. So I think we're going to continue to see an expanded role for Sam Laporta for the rest of the 2023 season. Laporta so far, tight end 11, tight end 8, tight end 1 finishes. Absolutely fantastic for a rookie tight end. My concern would be Jamison Williams going to come back here after week 6. That could potentially affect the overall ceiling for Sam Laporta and the involvement, the target volume that he sees. So Derek, I will ask you, George Kittle, would you trade George Kittle right now for Sam Laporta? I would. I would. I, I believe like Sapi already kind of mentioned about Debo Samuel, these 49ers pass catchers are, you, you rotate them on a weekly basis. You don't know what, which one's going to go off, which one's going to be middle of the road production. And then which one's going to be just not the focal point of the passing attack that week in weeks one and two, George Kittle only caught six passes. So on like nine targets. So I, I, yeah, last week was great, but that was without Ayuk in the lineup. So uh, yeah, I, I would actually go with Laporta. That could be the player that I think gets that deal done for Laporta because you're absolutely right. You would be buying high. You would be buying high in your league for Laporta right now, obviously coming off of a tight end one finish. However, the name recognition and the name value for George Kittle could be enough to sway that fantasy manager to move off of, well, it's a rookie tight end. Jamison Williams is coming back into the lineup eventually. Like that could be enough to scare them off and go with Kittle instead of Laporta. That would be one that you need to run through, the free trade analyzer that we have here at PFN to see if that deal gets done. Sapi, let's send it back over to you. Number one quarterback to sell in fantasy football. And this is a tough option because I think we were all high on Kirk Cousins coming into the season. But what do you think he? What do you think my man is on pace for right now? Passing yards and passing touchdowns. Kyle, give me the passing yards. Derek, give me the passing touchdowns. What do you think his current pace through September is for Mr. Kirk Cousins? I'm going to go 5,775 passing yards. 5,775. And how many touchdowns from you, Derek? 38. We're looking at an almost 6,100-yard pace with 51 touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. You were close. And do you think he's getting anywhere near that? I don't. No. His worst game was week one. He threw for 344 yards. It's... This isn't anti-Kirk Cousins. It's anti-Kirk Cousins at this current pace. It's it's considering Cousins is a fine option at the back end. If you don't have one of the elite quarterbacks, maybe you're struggling through the Justin Fields situation and you want to play Kirk Cousins on a weekly basis. I think he can be a top 10, top 12 guy. I don't think he's going to be the number one fantasy to ever grace the earth. <laughs> that feels a little strong to me. TJ Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson are great, but a guy without a rushing profile to give him that fantasy floor I do worry that the you know it's going to fall out eventually. He's not going to do this. He isn't the best quarterback we've seen. He's a good pocket passer. He's probably a top five quarter fantasy quarterback when it comes to guys that offer no rushing ability. But 
the downside does scare me here. And the current asking price has got to be through the roof. So if you can get rid of Cousins, bring maybe Cousins and bring in Anthony Richardson. Do something like that. You can get another piece because you're investing in a rookie coming off an injury. I think you're building your fantasy team to peak at the right time. Kirk Cousins right now, the QB1 in all of fantasy football with 72.7 points through three weeks. Absolutely dominant so far this year. Uh, Derek, let's send it over to you. Number one quarterback to sell. My guy's coming in at quarterback number three through the first three weeks. And one of those weeks was a little bit quote unquote pedestrian because of their matchup against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots defense. And that is Tua Tunga Loa, Miami Dolphins quarterback. So speaking of paces that can't be sustained, I don't think the Miami Dolphins are going to score 70 points every week. They're not a basketball team. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> right. Um, that being said, what was the biggest concern about Tua Tungabailoa heading into this fantasy season? Mm-hmm. Durability. Got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. What, we all knew that this offense had the potential to be very productive if Tua's healthy. And he's been healthy through the first three weeks. And it's been very productive, almost historically so. But the concern is, you know, if Tua starts getting hit, is he going to be able to hold up? Uh, I, I personally have my my concerns. I'm not projecting an injury. right? But right now, you can't tell me that folks aren't willing to pay a top dollar for Tua because of what he does give you in your fantasy lineup when he is healthy. He's proven that his ceiling is as high as pretty much any fantasy quarterback in 2023. So he is a candidate to sell. All right, let's move over to tight ends here to wrap it up. Number one tight end to sell. Sophie, I will start with you. And that's the number one tight end of all time. That's Travis Kelsey. My man is gracing all the internet. He's winning every aspect of life. He's got (laughs) Belichick commenting on his relationship status. He is at the mountain peak of peaks right now. And he's, I think you can move him because he's returning round one value, which is what everybody paid for him, which is what everybody's expecting. Everybody is pro Kelsey right now. You see his social media, you see his jersey sales. Like those numbers were just bonkers after the Taylor Swift experience that was week three. Don't get me wrong. Kelsey, the number one tight end. I'm not denying that at all. But the fact that other positions are falling by the wayside here props up the value of others. And I think you can move Kelsey. You can get a Jake Ferguson or somebody to fill in the back end, the low end tight end position to get you through, to keep you competitive with the majority of your league because Travis Kelsey is only on one roster. If you move him, sure, you're losing to that roster at the tight end position, but he's only one guy. You've got an entire league of teams to beat. So if you move Kelsey... You get Jake Ferguson or somebody along those lines, Sam Laporte, any of these rookie tight ends, realistically, to throw in as a tight end one at the end of your roster, and then you can start building up elsewhere. We've seen carnage at the top of all these positions. Jacobs and Henry, they don't look the same as what you drafted. Eckler, Barkley, they're both hurt. You're talking, so if you go to the top of the board, you can get somebody at a discount. If you want to get Austin Eckler, if you want to get Saquon Barkley, you could probably get that plus for Travis Kelsey at this point. How about the Bengals receivers? Calvin Ridley, they've underachieved. Cup hasn't played yet. Mike Williams is out for the season. There's a lot of carnage at the top of these positions, building up the guys that are left standing. And to me, I think you can fill in a tight end position. 
not easily, but you can get there and stay competitive with the rest of your league while you build up the rest of your roster. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. He's going to be great. I have no concerns about that. I wasn't drafting him in the first round of leagues this year, and I think you can still get first round value to me. So for me, that means you cash in that chip while you can, while the whole world is bending the knee to Travis Kelsey at this very moment in time, move him for max profit. Derek, do you agree with that call? No. <laughs> That's okay. Very, very. Uh, so we're si- we're trying to sell high, right, Soppy? And I and I get that. Yes, he is atop the tight end market, but we're more so trying to play the market. He's an he's an asset that returns that value that you've invested in and that you feel confident in. So why am I going to sell him when he's just going to create another hole in my lineup? You know what? What? Okay. In theory, let's put on our tinfoil hats. If you have Travis Kelsey and a team has Jake Ferguson, you feel comfortable. What's the what's the player got to be on top of Jake Ferguson for you to it's move gonna, Travis Kelsey? It's going to be elite. And even if you don't want to go the Jake Ferguson route, even if you wanted to go like Mark Andrews off of a down week, or if you want to go Darren Waller, somebody like that, and you could still get a running back two or wide receiver two. Could you get, I don't know, Darren, uh, yeah, go Waller and Ridley. Could you get Waller and Ridley for Kelsey right now? If you're wide receiver deficient and you needed to plug in those two spots waller's gonna be fine we think he's a top five guy the rest of the way ridley could be a top 20 guy to me i think that's how i would like to build a roster if i'm lacking some depth don't get me wrong if you have a super team and you have travis kelsey you're not moving him for roster depth and be like oh yeah i need a backup running back for week 15 like that we're not going crazy there but if you need to build from the ground up if you're one and two and you have travis kelsey and you're trying to build a complete roster to me it's not out of the realm of possibility I feel like we've had this argument and conversation with Travis Kelsey every single year where it's like, I'll trade Travis Kelsey <laughs> and I'll pick I'm up a top tier wide receiver and another, you know, and then I'll play the guessing game with tight end, forgetting the whole time that we drafted Travis Kelsey so that way we, we wouldn't have to play the guessing game at tight end <laughs> and that we had a locked and loaded option into our fantasy lineups. So I'm going to side more with Derek here. Like if I've got well, Travis Kelsey, I get what you're, I get what you're saying, right. Sabi. I get what you're saying and I get the strategy to it. And I think there's there's benefit to it and it could work however to go away from travis kelsey what you you know what you are getting to go after guys like darren waller and calvin ridley where we like them like we we feel like they are going to bounce back and they're going to return value at some point they're not right now but we feel like they are you're just creating i potentially more headaches for yourself you're potentially creating even more headaches where you at least knew what you were going to get with travis kelsey that it was most likely Six receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown every single week from Travis Kelsey versus then Darren Waller, where you might get three for 30, and Calvin Ridley sure. might have a down week where he's two for, you know, 40 or something like that. Like, that's the other side of it, where I just think that you're potentially creating more of a headache for yourself. Don't disagree there. And I, believe me, I didn't come into this podcast thinking that was going to be a popular take. But if you are with me, if you're looking to trade Travis Kelsey, A, drop me what you traded him for on Twitter. I'd love to see it. But over the last two seasons, he has struggled down the stretch. He was scoreless in his last six games of last season. He was held under 35 yards in four or five to end 2021. I'm not saying it's predictive. I'm saying it can happen even to the GOAT. And he still finishes the tight end one. Uh, Derek, let's send it over to you. Who is the number one tight end to sell? See, I think we want to have that brand name value at the tight end position, uh, which George Kittle has alongside Travis Kelsey. And Kittle's coming off of one of the few weeks that I think he's going to see more than eight targets in a game. 
and nine targets, seven receptions, 90 seven receptions, 90 yards, no score though. Still, I mean, we're through the first three weeks and he still hasn't scored a touchdown. I'm not saying that he won't find the end zone, but he's also got durability issues in his past. Like he gets dinged up a lot because he's such a physical player. I think that Kittle is someone that you can sell at face value off of a good week, a very good week actually, and get something in return of that, what you're seeking with Travis Kelsey, uh, maybe a, a step down, but similar. And then you can go ahead and I'd feel more comfortable you know, playing the tight end roulette game on a weekly basis, you know, by shipping Kittle off and getting a, a better piece at running back or wide receiver than I would by shipping off Travis Kelsey and creating that void in your lineup at the tight end position. Well, we talked about Kittle earlier with the Sam Laporta deal, like potentially shipping off Kittle, taking advantage of someone that's a little bit nervous about a rookie tight end, continuing to produce and just moving off of Kittle. When, even though he is in a great offense and he can absolutely put up, you know, 150 receiving yards in a week and two touchdowns because of the talent level, you just can't rely on that. You can't bet on that here in fantasy football moving forward with how crowded this offense is, especially to George Kittle. No Brandon Ayuk in the lineup this past week either, which definitely inflates those target volume uh, totals there. All right, let's wrap it up here. Gentlemen, this was a ton of fun at talking some trade targets here, some rest of season risers and fallers. Soppy, any words of wisdom here before we get out? No, just continue to check out the coverage. We got you covered from top to bottom. Anything you could need. We got live streams on Sunday. We got articles that detail waiver wire, trade targets. You got my monster of an article if you really have time to kill on a Friday, Saturday afternoon. So that's that's an option. That's a thing every Thursday morning for you. But just ride with us. We're here to help you win. Like our job is to make you better at what you do. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? All right, remember, pfnfantasy.com, all of the written content that Sapi just mentioned there, the PFN Fantasy Discord, absolutely free to join. You can get access to us, ask us your start-sit questions, your trade targets, everything like that. You can find that here in your podcast or YouTube show description. All right, that'll do it. For Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.